In a minute, we're going to have a look at what the Bible says, but let's have a short prayer, first of all. Fathers, we come to you now to see what, what we can learn from your word, what you want to teach us. Lord, please help me to say the right things as I just pass on uh, what you laid on my heart this morning. It'll be all of you and not of me. And Lord, we pray you speak to us individually. The various things you want us to take out of this lesson today. And help us not just to hear and to understand, but to obey. For your name's sake. Amen. Amen. Our Bible reading this morning is from the last few verses of Psalm 73. If you'd like to follow in the Church Bibles, it's on page 587 in the Church Bibles. Page 587. That's the end of Psalm 73. While you're finding that, um, uh, it just so happens that, that uh, not long ago, on, uh, in one of our Wednesday morning Bible studies, to which you're all welcome, Wednesday mornings, alternate weeks, uh, 11 o'clock, but uh, recently, uh, Ray read this, this psalm and gave us a very helpful study on it, uh, and uh, gave us the background that, that, that this psalm was written by a man called Asaph, who was fed up, because um, uh, he tried to live a good life, but all around him, everyone else was, was completely ignoring God and living wicked lives. And they seemed to be doing very well, thank you. And he wasn't. And he, he was just fed up, what's it all about. But then he talked to God about it. And God showed him the true situation. And we're going to look now at what he wrote. about Christine to read uh, Psalm 73 from verse 23 to the end. <coughs> Yet I am always with you, and hold you by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterwards you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is is good to be near God. I have made the Sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. Amen. Thanks, Christine. You might find it helpful to keep your Bibles open at page 587 as we look at what uh, that passage says. One of my earliest memories is walking down the road with my dad holding my hand. In those days, I remember thinking to myself all these years ago, I'm glad my dad's with me. I wouldn't have wanted to venture out here by myself. Later on, I did get more brave, but nowadays I can actually cope quite well uh, out on my own. Though it does help if Sue's holding my hand. Um, but uh, yeah, at that time, we lived on the edge of a village. There's about a oh, 15-minute walk into the village. I remember my dad walking with me. Why did my dad do that? Why did he hold my hand? For one thing, he was guiding me to make sure I went the right way. Going the right way is still a problem for me nowadays. Again, that's where Sue could be useful, because I haven't got a clue which which way to go. But my, my dad in those days was the one who was guiding me to go the right way, so I didn't get lost. Not just that he was guiding me, he was protecting me from uh, any 
nasty people. It's, you know, don't, in those days, we didn't seem to worry about nasty people. Maybe there the, the weren't so many. But, uh, 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 and we were often allowed to go out and play on our own. But he was with me there to guide me and protect me. You know how it is with children? You, you hang, have to hang on to them. And sometimes uh, you have to actually be fairly forceful because uh, some have a, a will of their own. Of course, uh, uh, I was a, a fantastically good little boy. I would never want you off. But, but, but others do. And suddenly you have to really yank them back, don't you, to make sure they go the right way. So my dad there was, uh, was holding my hand to guide me and to protect me. And it would really probably be much easier for him to just go on his own. Much simpler. But he loved me. He wanted to take me with, with him. He cared about me, he wanted to keep me safe. And so he held my hand. We read in the Bible about men who walked with God. One well-known example is Noah who built the ark. And the Bible, almost the first thing it says about him was that he, he walked with God. Another man is this man who wrote this psalm, Asaph. For all his doubts and his frustrations, he walked with God. <coughs> This picture of walking with God, what does it tell us about God? It tells us that he guides us. It says that in verse 24. You guide me with your counsel. He guides us to show us the right way. And we all need guidance sometimes. It may well be that there are some of us here this morning who feel we really could do with God's guidance. And God cares about us. And he knows the best way to guide us, whether it's, it's, it's through something we hear uh, being preached or our own, our own Bible reading or, or as we pray, God just gives us a sense of what's right or maybe the advice of, of Christian friends, whatever it might be, or just circumstances steer us in a certain direction. And we can trust God because he does care about us like my dad. My dad wasn't going to leave me to just wander off somewhere on my own because he, he wanted to protect me. He loved me. And God is like that. He guides us to show us the right way. He protects us from going the wrong way for our own good. Why does he do it? Because, like my dad, only much more so, God loves us. He loves us deeply. He doesn't want us to go off and and wander off and take a wrong turn. What does this look like in practice? Well, God is always with us. If sometime you, you read Psalm 139, that many of us know and love, it speaks wonderfully there about how God is always with us. You can't get away from him. We, we get up, you sit down, you stay in, you go out, you're asleep. Uh, if you're asleep, uh, as, as, soon as, as soon as you wake up, he's there with you. He's, he's with us uh, all the time. He's with us to all the, the highs and lows of life, how we feel, so however we feel right now, however you feel and however I feel, he's, he's with us, caring about us. But, you know, one problem, well, certainly for me, we get so busy, don't we? Nowadays, we apparently have lots of labour-saving devices. Just during our lifetimes, so many new labour-saving devices have come along, you'd think... We, we, we had nothing to do anymore. It's all been done for us. And, and isn't, it one, isn't it a wonderful labour-saving device um, having, having a mobile phone? Yeah? And uh, now, n- no delays when you get home. You can phone people straight away and that's it. And yet, of course, for many of us, there's a danger that mobile phones become like our idol. We, we, we can't take our eyes off them. 
so many things that distract us. And because we get so busy, for whatever reason, whether good reasons or rather trivial reasons, it's so easy, isn't it? If you're like me, it's so easy to completely forget about God. You're in the middle of your life, you're in the middle of doing life, and you forget that God is there with you. He wants to hold your hand, he wants to guide you, he wants to protect you, but we forget about it. But, you know, it's a terrible thing to forget about God because, uh, as it says in the last verse of this psalm, it's good to be near God. It's good to walk with God. We're meant to enjoy the delight of just being with him each day, of walking with him, of sharing each experience in the day with him, remembering, reminding yourself that he's with you, talking to him, worshipping him as you go along, along with him whatever you do just thinking about what a wonderful God we have because he is wonderful isn't he he's amazing a lot of us know that we easily forget we, we can as we're walking with him we can be thanking him just taking the time as we, as we go, go through each day to just count our blessings and if you start counting there's so many blessings even on a pretty ordinary even on a, a cold rainy day like today that there are so many blessings just to thank him for as we're going through the day of course as we've been saying asking him to guide you so it's not just me trying to figure out what to do now lord how to cope with this but asking him to guide you and allowing him to use you. So it's not just about what my plans for the day. The Lord knows there's somebody over there who would really benefit from, from a chat. After the service this morning, there, there might be somebody in there, and, and what the Lord wants to do is to, is to put you in front of them to have a chat with them, to share a word of encouragement, whatever it might be. Not just what I want, not just what I want to get out of the service and the fellowship, but Lord, please use me to talk to people afterwards, to help and encourage them. During the week, to think of them and, and to, to um, um, give them a call or send them an email or a text or whatever, allowing him to use us. So all those things where to, going through the day, it's not just what I feel like doing today. It's, it's remembering God is there with me. He cares for me deeply. He cares for people around me and he wants to use me today and he wants, he wants me and him to just share every moment to share every moment with him. Isn't it nice often to share nice things with people? It's, it's one thing being on your own, you've got to be independent there. But isn't it nice often, if, if you go into something nice, have someone to share it with? And we always have someone to share things with because God is with us all the time. And practically, that does make a real difference to us. Not that life suddenly becomes easier. We're still living in this very imperfect world and we get hurt sometimes. Life isn't always easy. But when we're anxious, when we're struggling, he's there right alongside us, saying, don't be afraid. When things are going well, he's there so we can thank him and we can enjoy them together. When we feel lonely, we can remember that actually we are never on our own. He's always there with us caring for us. From the moment that we, we, we open our eyes in the morning to the last thing at night when we go to sleep, or if we awake in, in, the, in, the, watches of, in the watches of the night, um, he's always there with us. We're never on our own. And when we're tempted, it's a help there to remember that he's with us. When we think about what he's done for us, even on the cross, we don't want to hurt him. And so when we're tempted, those temptations don't seem so attractive anymore because we don't want to hurt him. 
And we're walking with someone who's perfectly pure and holy. And I don't know about you, but if, if, you're, if you're walking with someone who you feel is a really godly person, it, it encourages you to stick to the, the, the right way, doesn't it? And not to give in to temptation. And when you fall, as we all do sometimes, it makes us want to be quick to confess our sin so that that relationship with him can be restored. If there's someone close to you and you, you have a, a little, little fallout, you're quick to repair it, aren't you? Because you, 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 you hate that relationship to be damaged. Same with our walk with the Lord. wonder, if you're a Christian, is your walk with God like that? <coughs> but there's another side to this passage as well. Because he goes on to say, afterwards, the end of verse 24, he says, afterwards you'll receive me into glory. We, need to, we all need to think about afterwards. We won't be here forever. A year from now even, certainly 10, 20, 30 years, not many of us will be here. We've been, we'll have moved on. It's good to remind ourselves that we're not stopping. Sometimes you call in somebody's house, don't you, and say, sorry, I'm, I, I can't stop, but... Yeah? Well, we're not stopping. We're only visiting. So what really matters isn't just, uh, uh, like you call in somebody and say, I'm not stopping. Uh, your mind really is on what's going to happen next, where you're going next. It should be the same with us as well. We're not stopping. So what next for us? But many people don't like to think about afterwards. They try to think about anything but afterwards. Or maybe they try to indulge in some wishful thinking that the afterlife will somehow be just one big party in heaven. And maybe right now our dear departed ones, if they can spare the time from the party, will be looking down on us. But it's not like that. The Bible it doesn't get into wishful thinking. The Bible is, is realistic. Um, Asaph is realistic, he says in verse 26 my flesh and my heart may fail and, and they will my flesh and heart will fail, ours will and the Bible faces up to that reality he gives it a more sensible and sober view uh, sober view of life and death and the afterlife it encourages us to be brave enough to face the truth and the truth is this in the afterlife, yes there will be incredible joy and wonder as we behold our Saviour in all his glory. But Jesus also said that after this life there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth because there will be a final judgment when we will all be judged. Not by our imperfect standards. Uh, In this world, I can always look round and find somebody I think is is worse than me. But we will be judged then by God's standard. And we all fall far short of that. So in that case, what hope is there for any of us? Well, Asaph sounds pretty confident, doesn't he? He says, verse 24, Afterwards, you will take me into glory. You're pretty confident. Another person who seemed pretty confident, uh, that first song we sang uh, was based on David's Psalm 23. And, and here's what David writes in Psalm 23. He says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and in a sense we all do, don't we, because death is looming up for all of us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. 
your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And he goes on to say, he ends the psalm by saying, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So he's pretty hopeful, isn't he? So that's, that's Asaph and that's David. How about us? How confident are we on, on what basis? What's going to happen to us afterwards? Why is Asaph so sure he's going to be in God's presence forever? Well, he trusted in God. He says in verse 28, I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. He trusted in God. Now, Asaph can't have known exactly how that would all work out. He trusted that God had a plan to save people who put their trust in him, to somehow pay for their wrongdoings. Asaph couldn't know how because he didn't have a New Testament. He was living long before the time of Christ. But we know the answer, don't we? The amazing, wonderful answer, the almost unbelievable answer, but it's true, that 2,000 years ago, the Son of God himself came into this world and took our place, took the punishment that we deserve. He died in our place for everyone who trusts in him. And most Sunday mornings, somebody, some of us are old, some are young, some are tall and short and fat and thin, but different ones of us, we stand up here and declare this wonderful news that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life that Jesus came and died in our place and our only hope, but it's a wonderful sure hope is to trust in him a few years ago when I was walking in the Lake District as I do from time to time I got to a point where I wasn't totally sure which way to go. But no worry, because there was a group of walkers just ahead and got talking to them about where I plan to go and said, oh, we're going that way as well. Just come along with us. Follow us. And I trusted them, and I was right to do so, because they were, they were going the right way. So wh- whatever my thoughts have been about, was it this way or that way, I, I, I thought about my plans, because their plan was better. And I walked with them, and got got them to my destination. So rather than wandering off where I might have gone, I had to stop and change direction and follow them. We need to do that with God, because we all have our plans, but God's plans are better. Walking with God is better than walking your own way. It's better not just to escape judgment, though that's obviously a pretty good reason for, for following him, but because it's the right way, and it's a good way. And there are a lot of us here who've been, who've been following God, walking with God for a good number of years. I don't like to count up how many years it is for me and a lot of us here. But we found out in our different situations through sometimes some big challenges that we echo the words of Asaph in the last verse of the psalm. It is good to be near God. We'd also echo his words, uh, not only it's going to be near God for the future, but earth has nothing I desire besides you. There's one other man, as I finish, there's one other man who walked with God. We've mentioned um, Asaph, of course, we mentioned Noah, mentioned David. But in Genesis, there was another man who walked with God. It was called Enoch. I think he was something like Noah's great-granddad, something like that. And it says of Enoch... Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more, but he was no more because God took him away. 
someone paraphrased it, that really uh, Enoch and God used to go for a walk together. Isn't that wonderful? And one day they just kept on walking. And it's as though God said to Enoch, don't, don't bother going back home, just come with me. And he walked right into God's presence. Enoch lived in an evil world. It was terrible. It was the world leading up to the time of the flood. But he walked with God and just kept on walking right into God's presence. Let us keep on walking with God like Enoch did. And afterwards, we'll simply carry on walking with God. And then, what then says in verse 24, and then it says, uh, afterwards you'll take me into glory. Afterwards we'll be received into glory. We can hardly imagine how wonderful that's going to be. To be in God's presence and to see him as he is. We see him now, as Paul says, like in a glass darkly. But then we'll see him face to face in all his beauty, all his glory. We'll see the, the wonder of his, his fantastic deep love for us. And then the one who we've walked with here on earth for so many years, he'll be there to greet us. And really, it'll be just like, like with Enoch and his walk, it'll be just be a continuation of what we're doing now, only more so. Um, then we'll be, we'll be able to say with, with, with uh, uh, Asaph, whom have I in heaven but you? Because we'll be there, the Lord will be there. You know, we, we talk about seeing our loved ones, and that will be wonderful, won't it? But the big thing, really, will be that the Lord will be there. And the one who we've, we've followed at a distance for so long will see him face to face. But in this world also, Asaph could testify, earth has nothing to desire besides you. Is that true for us? There are lots of things we, we desire, aren't they? We, we, might, we might desire a better job, we might desire a bit, a bit more money in the bank, we might desire a nicer house, we might desire to live somewhere um, nice like Horwich rather than Wigan or whatever it might be. Uh, or something we might desire, we might desire to be married and have a family or to be able to retire and put our feet up, we might desire all sorts of things. But Asaph says none of that compares with you. He says, earth has nothing I desire besides you. Do you know anything of this? As we finish, is that your big desire, just to walk with him day by day, to walk with him tomorrow, next week, through that difficult situation? He'll be with you. And after, if we can help by having a chat with you and, and praying with you or whatever, then uh, then just, just let us know. We can either find a quiet spot here or arrange to call around and see you sometime just to encourage you in, in following Jesus. Let's pray, shall we? Father, thank you. All this isn't just theory, but it's the wonderful truth that you, great as you are, delight to walk with people like us. Lord, help us not to forget you day by day. It's easy to, easy to think about you now because we're in a church service, but Lord, uh, later today, tomorrow, next week, next year, help us still to walk with you day by day, moment by moment, just enjoying your love and following your wise and loving guidance, for Jesus' sake. Amen.